Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. craving a community of like-minded women? Do you feel like an outsider in your family or your community? Well, I may have the place for you. We have a Free Birth Society private online community that's full of radical and wild women just like you. If you resonate with the topics that we explore on this podcast and want to belong in a circle of women who support each other in the self-exploration of free birth and wild mothering, come join us. You can apply online at our website, freebirthsociety.com. It's where myself and my team are hanging out these days, and we would love to get to know you. represents the power of women. After the staff at the hospital attempted to sabotage her first birth, Gloria demanded her epidural be turned off and she did what she could to birth her baby her way. She left knowing she would not be back. Eight years later, Gloria finds herself pregnant with twins. She made plans to birth her children on her terms, at home, and she did. At 34 weeks, Gloria birthed her twins in her home, surrounded by only her loved ones, and her second baby was born Breach in the call. I remember taking like five pregnancy tests, um, just, um, you know, being in and on in the moment. And with my first child, I actually thought that I wasn't able to get pregnant because we've been trying for some while. And, um, oh. you know, like it just kind of never happened. And then I, I actually call her my miracle child now because she kind of is. Um, so I was a member, I was at my grandfather's house and I took all these tests and he was, he was just like, you know, what's going on, Gloria? Why are you in the bathroom so many times? Like, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, nothing, whatever. But um, they all came back positive. I told oh my, my partner. And um, you didn't tell your grandpa? I didn't tell him. No, I didn't <laughs> tell him. He called me later, actually, and was like, you're pregnant, aren't you? <laughs> and I was Did like, you, like, no. leave the test in the trash can? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't leave anything there. I just think he just had, like, some kind of intuition. Like, yeah. we've all, we're always been really, really close. So he had some kind of intuition, and he just, he was like, yeah, I kind of figured. I was like, well, yeah, I am. But um, immediately after um, we found out, we started doing a lot of research on, you know, like hospitals. And um, at that at that point, I wasn't really, um, I didn't know too much about doulas and midwives and anything. Um, so I had planned to have her in, the, in a hospital, um, but I know I wanted to have I still wanted my say in what was going to happen. Um, so we both did our research. We found a, 
a really great, um, I had a really great doctor. Um, and actually we're still, we still communicate now and Rain's like, my daughter is about to be eight. Um, and we actually follow each other on Instagram, but her, um, yeah, she was totally fantastic. Um, she doesn't live in the area anymore. She moved out of, she moved out of the state, but, uh, whatever I wanted to try, she was with it. Um, nice. She gave me resources to read. She, you know, really helped me make my own decisions within my first pregnancy with my first child. Um, and I really appreciated that with her because as, as women, um, first mothers and like, we just don't, we don't have it all together. And even though you talk to your parents and you're, you know, like my mother was there to, to guide me, but I still wanted to make my own decisions, um, within my pregnancy. Um, so long story short, even though I had this great doctor, I end up, um, traveling like my, maybe my last two weeks of pregnancy, I probably should have been staying home, but I was like, no, I can, I can do this. I can, I can travel. So I end up traveling back to my hometown, um, in Harrisburg. My daughter came early. (gasps) Yeah. She didn't want to wait for her due date. So I end up um, giving birth in a facility that was not my doctor, no! not my hospital. So yeah, Wait, it how was just, far away is Harrisburg was, from? Yeah, Harrisburg is about two and a half hours from Philly. And you couldn't um, like? I didn't even. I didn't even know what to. Ex- I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Like it was just. I didn't know what to expect. I know that. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was insane. My sister and I had like spent the whole day, you know, walking around. We were we were planning a second um, baby shower for myself in my hometown because I had one had one in Philly, and my friends also wanted to have one for me in my hometown. So we were doing all the shopping, doing all this cooking. I remember being so tired and exhausted by the mm. end of the day, and I just I just laid down, and all of a sudden I was just like, "Wait, this doesn't feel right." Oh no! <laughs> what gestation were you at? Um. I was full term. She was, uh, she was like 37, 37 weeks, 38 mm-hmm. weeks. She was, so she came on April 22nd. She was due April 28th. Okay. Um, so, oh, so yeah, you were like 39 weeks. I was, or yeah, I was very, very close. And I just thought like, she'll just come on the 28th. Like she's supposed to come. Like, <laughs> like I, a magical I, date. Right. <laughs> Only right, two like, dates were like that. Yeah. But that's like the, also the naivety of, you know, like being a, being a first, you know, first mother, you don't yeah. really know these things, you know? So I just thought I could, I could travel and do all these things. So what prompted, um, what, what did the beginning of labor look like? Was it like your water's opening or? My water broke. Okay. So yeah, I was laying down and I felt like this pressure, this pinch in my back. And then I went to the bathroom, my water broke. Oh my gosh. And my sister is just like, my sister had children before I have. She had, I think um, at that time she had two children. This was my first, this is my first child. And she was just like kind of ballistic, even though she has her own children. <laughs> I th- I feel like her to be more calm than I was, right. but she was, she was not as calm as I was. So I'm just sitting on the toilet, like, would you please calm down? She's like, no, we got to go. We got to go. She's calling my mother. She's calling everybody. Oh like, gosh. we got to go. Her water broke. Whoa. I was like, okay. 
So we so go to the you, hospital. Did you just go to like the closest ER kind we of just, situation? Yeah, we just did. Like, um, wow. We just went to the closest hospital. I called my doctor so she could, um, you know, fax over all the information they needed for the hospital. Um, and um, I went to Hershey Medical, um, Hershey Medical Center. We were there. And I, I saw my labor was so long, so I ended up seeing probably like three doctors over the time that I was there. Hmm. Um, the first doctor, she was black. And when I saw her, I was like, oh, yes, this is going to be great. You know, right. she's going to listen to me. Like, we're going we're gonna to do this. Um, but she was only there for maybe like a maybe like couple hours within my labor. And she was, I told her I wanted to do an all-natural birth. You know, I didn't want to be medicated. I wanted to... Um, had my birthing ball with me. I did my birthing ball. Um, so she was, she was with it. She let me do all these things and it was fine. And then she left. Someone else came into the room. Um, and they weren't as flexible as she was. So it was just seeing the tension between Uh the doctors and like how the energy shifted each time I got a new doctor kind of, you know, like it really scared me. Like I was just, I was very scared. Um, my mother was there. My partner came later because he was in Philly. My sister was there. Um, and as labor progressed, um, they wanted to start doing all these interventions. You know, like, you're not, um, you're not dilating quick enough. You're not doing this. So let's, let's try this. Let's try that. And so rude. I mean, after a while, you just get, you kind of get bullied. So I kind of got bullied into, you know, doing all these interventions, even though they weren't, they weren't within my birthing plan. But I didn't really have like an advocate for me to speak up. Totally. Like, yeah. Like my mother was there, my sister was there, but they they all had medicated births. So for them, mm. that was natural, you know, like to have to have an epidural. It was natural to be unnatural. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. like they were like, Yeah, go ahead and do it. You know, Aww. you know what I mean? Like, so I end up um It's it's almost impossible to yeah. swim upstream. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really it's really almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you just, yeah, it was just not, it was just not good. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember it like, this is insane. Oh, um, so and they're telling you that your body is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And, you know, like you, you're in a position, you're, you're very vulnerable at that, at that time. Yeah. So you, you want the best advice, you know, you want them to be honest and, open with you but at the same time you know it's a business I had done I had done all my research I had knew it was going to happen um so it kind of was like they were taking over you know your birthing experience so it kind of went like that yeah for Um, sure it's a very good way of explaining yeah they take over your birthing experience they yeah they took over um so I got the epidural I got the pitocin nothing was happening they started saying they were in an um, emergency C-section because my water had broken. They were like, oh, oh you're, you're still not dilating. It's, you know, like, um, it's, it's taking too long. We're going to have to, like, start prepping you for a C-section. Um, it's not like, an emergency. Oh, my God. No, it's not. I'm like, this is my first my first child, um, healthy. Like, there's what's the problem? What's going on? Um, it's called impatience and more and more money for surgery. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So after a while, just like 
I got so irritable with, you know, like not being able to move for one, because mm-hmm. once you have an epidural, you're kind of like stuck to the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't move. I couldn't eat anything. I was only getting ice. They wouldn't, <laughs> la- they wouldn't allow you to eat. Um, so I think I just flipped out. I was just like, turn all this stuff off. Like just, just stop all the medication. I can't, like my skin was itching. Mm. I was very uncomfortable. They had, they had me turning every once in a while because, um, my daughter's heartbeat was her, her heart rate was lowering, um, because of all the medication. Of course. So they were, you know, causing all these complications within the pregnancy when there was nothing even wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabotage. And as soon as they, right. And as soon as they turned it off, I started dilating like right away within 30 minutes, I was ready to push. <gasps> so that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. It was crazy. So and look at you minutes, having that voice mm-hmm. in the in the eye with the eye of the beast, you know? Like right. that is not easy. And I've I've been to a lot of births where mm-hmm. women get to that point that you just described and they say the same thing, turn it off, and then they're just they just say no. They just don't do it. So that's freaking awesome that you had your voice in, in a, such an adversarial environment. Yeah, I mean it was it was just it was just annoying, you know, not yeah, to totally. not to be able to move. I I think even more, I was just more, I was just like very uncomfortable more than than anything. Like I was just like, this is very uncomfortable. I can't mm-hmm. do this. They so gotta turn this stuff off. Dude, I know and so was, many yeah. so many people think an epidural is going to be, you know, it's painted as this like get out of pain free card, right? But n- n- people don't really no. understand the cost mm-hmm. of it. How you're tethered and you're numb, and the narcotics will make you itchy and shaky, and you can't right. eat, and like they starve you, and so you're exhausted, and <laughs> you know, just the whole cascade is so painful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, exactly. So you are like, turn it off, and then boom, your body's like, hell yeah, here we go. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, right after that, she was born within like. 30 minutes of pushing she was she was out yeah wow what a cool ending how was the emergence for you how was the treatment of her actually being born did you feel respected or or was it yeah it was was, yeah it was it was great I mean um Hershey is a teaching hospital so I had a lot of you know young people in my room and I think at the time, you know, me being young as well, I was only in my twenties um, at the time, and not really, not really knowing what that meant. But also, I'm I'm an educator as well, <laughs> so it was just mm. like, oh yeah, sure, let everybody come in. This is this is a educational experience, but at the same time, it was just like um, I kind of feel very, you know, open and wow, you know, like this is a very um, spiritual moment for me, and it just didn't feel, it didn't really feel that way. And that, and that, when I was bright lights and, you know, it was just, it was just not strangers staring at your vagina, right? Staring at my vagina. It was not what I had expected and not what, you know, totally against what we were trying to do with my birthing plan. But, mm. you know, she was there, she was healthy. I was happy. Um, and that, and they, that, that was all that mattered that she was there and that she was healthy. Um, and that I was going to be okay as well. So we were all, I mean, when it was over, it was over. We were all we were all happy with, with everything. Well, and what are you going to yeah. do with that, right? Like your women are constantly put in that position where their birth is sabotaged. They don't respect their wishes about their own freaking body at all. And then a baby is born. And what are you supposed to do? It's very complicated. Like you just got to survive. And of course you're stoked that your baby's here and you're 
hopefully feeling very proud of yourself that you did it. And that's not to negate the truth that the medical team did things you were very uncomfortable with and bullied you. I heard you use the word bullied, you know, bullied you into interventions you never intended. And, you know, it's complicated, right. To hold both of those at the same time Mm. that I'm so happy. My baby's here. I'm falling in love. I'm, (laughs) you know, I had, I had, I just birthed my daughter and there's also you, we can hold it all. You know, we can also say, and those people fucked up my space. You know, right, right, and I think at the time true. you don't really, um, you don't really recognize, yeah, like everything that's going on until you actually have time to think about it. And you, and it took a while for me to figure. out. I was like, well, damn, that was kind of like a traumatic experience for me. Mm. You know, like it took me a while to figure that out. But that yeah. experience led to my my next birth and why I wanted to be at home and why I wanted to just be in an environment where I felt safe and comfortable and not be in the hospital. So yeah. even though it was, it was still a learning moment for me that put me in a place where I felt like I could do, I could birth at home. Totally. So I am very thankful for that experience. <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, man, that was really, that really sucked. But at the same time, it's like, well, it put me where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. So at the same time, it was, it was actually pretty good for me at the same time. Well, you took, you took your experience and then transmuted it into a positive, which is your own internal wisdom and courage and authenticity that did that. Right. Right. Like you saw what the system had to offer by way of experiencing some trauma, unfortunately, you know, and then was like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go down this other path, you know, and do it a different way. Right. You know, it would be wonderful if our daughters eventually can live in a world where home birth and respectful birth is so normal that they don't have to first be traumatized to learn. To, yes. You right. know, that birth should be respected and, and honored. And, but I totally hear you. And so many women find free birth this, this way. And it's why it's so important to share these stories. Right. Because hopefully we can help women circumvent or, you know, we can help women bypass the trauma, um, just and just into powerful birth. They don't have to first be bullied. Right. Right. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. So tell me about that space. Cause then it goes on. You, then you have an eight year gap, right. Between your daughter and your, <laughs> and your yeah, little. Very, so yes. tell me about, you know, uh, very briefly, like kind of the recap of I'd love to hear how that birth left you a little bit and then into eight years later finding, or I guess maybe seven years later, finding yourself pregnant um, or maybe intending to be pregnant, whatever, to kind of like bridge that gap for me of yeah. wrap up eight years of your life real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rain was a very challenging child. <laughs> mm. You know, she's, she's a Taurus. So mm-hmm. she's, she's bullheaded. She's head on. She's strong. You know, like she's very vocal about, everything and you know like me being her mother like I'm very I'm the same way so we we fight a lot (laughs) um but um you know raising her has been truly amazing I love my child she's she's just like a spark of fire you know Mm -hmm. like everybody loves her I love her like she's just she's amazing She's she's an amazing child um and she's had me for eight years (laughs) all to herself. Wow. She's still in my bed. Can't kick her out. Um, so we're working on that. 
Wow. But um, I've been um, I've had other pregnancies, but I've had miscarriages um, all within the same year. Um, so we were planning on having kids, but it just never, you know, mm. kind of happened. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, wow, you're having twins. So, Whoa. Um, so it was just, um, you know, like, I guess in the working, my partner had had a, a premonition, like a dream come to him. He had like two, these two dragons were swimming around him and we were feeding the dragons, he said in his dream. So he was like, oh, we're going to have twins. And I'm like, you're I'm like, like, no, yeah. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But, <laughs> you know, and then twins run in our family. I know they say that identical twins are not genetic, mm. um, but my grandmother is a twin, is a is an identical twin. My um, uncle is, is an identical twin. My um, cousins are identical twins. Um, okay. They run very prominent within my family. Um, wow. And they don't like they don't skip a generation like they usually say they do. So even though um, they say it's not a genetic thing, it happens with my family all the time. They're just, they're just there. Um, wow. Right. So when I, I knew I was pregnant, um, like before our new school year started, I knew we were going to be, we were pregnant. Um, and you were open to that. I was open to it, but I was very, at the same time, like I'm an artist as well too. So, at that time, I was just like I was showing in galleries. I was I was had I had shows here. I had shows nice. there. I was really I was very busy at that time. Um, so when I found out I was pregnant, I was happy, but I was not happy at the same yeah. time. So it was just like, oh shit, you know, like okay, I'm doing all these things, and I have to, and I have other fulfillments to fulfill. I had took on a book project. I had took on um another art show within a couple of months. And I was like, how am I going to do all this stuff? And I'm sick as a dog. Um, oh this is before I even knew I was having twins. Right. Um, but I just knew I was like, I was so tired. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't eating. Um, my mom was like, let's get an ultrasound. Let's go find out what's going on. And I was like, uh, well, I know I'm pregnant. Like that's, what's the point of getting the ultrasound? So no, let's just go get one. So we go get an ultrasound and I'm laying there. My mom is there with me. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just like, whatever, you know, we're just having a baby or something normal. And um, she starts making very strange faces doing the ultrasound, the technician. I'm just like, just okay. what you want to see. Right. I'm just like, what's going on? Like, she's scaring the shit out of me. Oh, no. And then she's like, um, the twins run to your family? And my mom is like smiling like ear to ear. And she's like, yes, yes, they do. And You're like, like the oh. non-genetic ones? Right. Yeah, they do <laughs> run in our family. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Wow. Um, so it was, it was, some people were just, you know, so ecstatic about twins. And they were like, oh, but for me, it was, I was happy. But I was like, this kind of put me in a position where I was like, well, what are my birthing choices now? Totally. You know, I was kind of thinking about that because I knew I had known that after my firstborn, I wanted to be at home. Mm. So when I found out I was having twins, I was very, very anxious <laughs> um, and very scared, to be honest. I was like, man, they're probably going to I'm probably going to have to have a cesarean. because that's just how it goes. Like, there's no other way to like get around that. God, that's um, so sad, right? That this this time, like, imagine if you didn't have to navigate that. If if you, if society didn't 
pathologize mm-hmm. twins like they do if you could have just integrated the information, which honestly is a little intimidating on its own, you know, mm-hmm. growing two babies, having two more babies when you expected one, like that's kind of intense enough, I imagine. Right. But then to Intensive, have, to have yeah. this other mm-hmm. layer, so unfortunate. Right. Yeah. So it kind of like the magic of having twins right. is kind of like diminished within my yeah. eye. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, so now I had to now we got to figure this whole other thing out. Like, can we do this at home? Like, can we? So immediately within, you know, like within a couple weeks, we both started reading books. We both, we both started, you know, um, looking down Instagram, uh, like just looking at twin births, trying to find more information on twin births. Can we do it at home? Um, can we do it in a birthing center? I caught like, I probably caught like every birthing center in my area and I, told me they don't take twins, um, that I was considered high risk. And being considered high risk, like, for one, I eat healthy. I work out like a like a junkie, probably. <laughs> like, I'm a workout junkie. Like, up until my pregnancy before I got sick, like, I was always working out. I had a very, very, very rich diet. Um, well, none of that matters. Even, none of that matters. Even yeah, when I went to the office, you- like, they were like, are you an athlete? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not an athlete. Like, but, like, I was very healthy. So for them to say that I'm high risk. Exactly. Well, that's the whole, you know, bullshit of the whole thing. The fact that Mm your, your body dared to have two babies, (laughs) you know, in spite of you being, you know, because it is pathologized because twins are seen Mm -hmm. as dangerous. They're seen as bad or seen Mm -hmm. as, you know, surgery required. It doesn't matter if you're the healthiest, fittest person in the entire planet. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast, Mm -hmm. who defines high risk? right? And what's so freaking powerful about your story, and obviously we're about to get into it, is you decided to define yourself, right? You decided to assess your own risk and to not accept that label just because you had twins and you created your own experience, right? So cool. It's so important that, you know, for anyone listening who's been labeled high risk, like, do you, are you really high risk? Do you believe you're high risk? Do you feel high <laughs> exactly. risk? What exactly. does high risk even mean? Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I had to ask the question a couple of times, you know, like it was just like, what is considered high risk, you know? Um, and another thing that was bothering me is that every time I went into get an ultrasound or I get, um, or go for my prenatal appointment, it was always very negative. Like it wasn't anything positive, you know, like, mm. um, at the time I was, I was going back to Hershey, um, the teaching hospital and they only had one, they call it medicine, maternal fetal medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, they had only one doctor, um, at the clinic that I was going to. So she, I can only see her on like Mondays, something like that. But I remember like meeting with her and after I left, I never felt good. Hmm. <laughs> like she was just like, Oh, you know, this could happen and that could happen. And <sighs> You know, like it was never a positive, like, oh, you're having twins, you should be happy, you should be relaxing and, you know, eating this and blah, blah, blah. But it was, it was more of like, in this scenario, you know, like you could likely be, you could get surgery or this could happen or your baby could eat the other baby or, you know, like it was, it was just never, it was just never like, it's, (laughs) it's fear over love, right? Exactly. Love love would be 
there's a way to talk about everything if it, you know, in a way that's nurturing and loving and right. appropriate and in a space of love, which obviously you, you're not going to get by some random ass doctor in a hospital right. most of the time. It sounds like your first one was cool. Oh, wait. So then why didn't you go back to the doctor that you really liked? She oh, had she quit practice. Yeah. And she had quit practicing in my area. Gotcha. So yeah. Cause I would have immediately went back to totally, her. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so you're getting these super underwhelming um, prenatals, quote unquote, prenatal. Right. Prenatals. They yeah. were very, um, and, all, and it's like your body is already, you know, doing double the work. You're already mm-hmm. tired. I don't want to go into an appointment and have to like listen to all this bad news because my, that my body doesn't work or I can't do this or, or in this scenario, this could be, this could happen. Um, so I had decided to stop going and find someone, find another doctor. Um, so I was doing more information within my area. I talked to my, um, my principal, my principal had twins. So he had recommended me to go see, um, another doctor. So I went to go see this other doctor, I'm not going to name anyone, but I went yeah. to go see this other, I went to this other practice. The doctor is black. He's, um, he is originally from somewhere in Africa. Um, so what I did like was that it was more laid back. It was very laid back. It was a very more intimate space. There were only two doctors there. He worked with a midwife. Um, so I felt, I felt very much more comfortable within that setting. Um, but I like to ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm very inquisitive and I felt like, um, most of the time when I was speaking to the midwife or to the doctor, I didn't really, they weren't really listening to what I was saying. Um, mm. or they weren't, I felt like they weren't really being truthful, um, as to what I've been reading. You know, like, mm. I'm like, you're a doctor, you're a midwife, you've been practicing for so many years. So why are you not reading up on this material that's been, you know, that's been studied, that's been out. Cause they don't um, have to. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what it came down to. Like, yeah. you know, how are you going to tell me I've been practicing blah, blah, blah. But you know, I, I've been, painting and you know for forever but like I'm still going to read an article on like this new technique or I'm going to you know you just forever growing within your within your field and within your process so why not why not continue doing it um because then I'm they'd talking, have to yeah. admit that they don't know everything and doctors mm-hmm. are this weird position in our culture they're the gods it used to be the right. You know, it used to be priests. Now it's doctors. It's really weird and interesting and fucked up, you know, that now they're the gods of our culture. And so they have to, they, they know everything, right. And they can't make mistakes. It's a really, even though they make mistakes all the time because they're humans, they're not gods. Right. It's a really, really dangerous, um, kind of formula because like you said, you know, then they're not staying with the times. They're not open to mm-hmm. learning. They're not open to new conversations. And already the fact that you're asking questions about your own future experience of giving birth, duh, which of course you are, um, isn't met with total respect and understanding, you know, and this is obviously right. the norm across the world now. It's so crazy. Anyway. Okay. So then you're with them and then what happens? So I'm with them and, you know, like as far as, as I get later on into the gestation period where I'm, where I'm getting ready to, you know, deliver, um, my, my question becomes more intense. <laughs> so I'm just asking questions, you know, like about delayed clamping and I'm asking questions about, you know, cesarean and 
they want me to sign over my birthing rights. Like in case this happens, you need a blood transfusion or a cesarean or a vaginal birth. Like you have to sign over a document now before you even go into the hospital. Yeah. Um, so that was new, like reading all this information before I even delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember asking my doctor, you know, like, cause twin, what is it? Twin a, she never, she was not moving. Like she was stubborn as shit. Like she wanted to, she just didn't move. She sat on her sister's face forever throughout the entire, you know, pregnancy. She just did not move. So I knew that, um, she was going to be breached. Um, the first one. And yeah, she was, the first one was breached. The second one was down. So oh, it was kind of, okay. they, they, um, I guess they labeled my, the, the babies wrong, unless they moved them within the womb, but my baby A was breached. My baby B, the, she was presenting. So she came up first and she was actually down. But, um, oh, I thought, I thought baby A and B meant whoever comes first. Is right. A. That's what they say, but they, I guess they labeled them wrong. I don't know, huh. but okay, gotcha. A was A was always breached. B was always down, even though um, A A came second. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. exactly. God, that's gonna be very confusing. Right. Okay. So, exactly. how long at this point? What week are you at in your pregnancy when you're like starting to ask the intense questions and it's getting real for you? I'm in. I'm probably like I'm around thirty weeks now. Okay. Um, I remember going into like one of my, uh, my ultrasounds and around 30 weeks, the, they also have other doctors that come in and talk to you after, after your, um, after your ultrasound. And he came in and he was like, well, you know, you're, um, you're getting very close to your, the day that we would take, um, schedule you for cesarean. And I'm like, what? Schedule me for cesarean? I'm like, yeah, you got that. And my mom like, if you only knew that's not going to happen. But, um, I remember going in for my last ultrasound and it seemed like he wanted to schedule me for my cesarean like then and there, you know, like I was only 33, 33 weeks. Damn. And he was like, yeah, it was really early. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can go, you know, longer. Um, And he kept telling me like, we don't allow women to go longer than 36, 36, 37 weeks within gestation. We don't allow. Um, they don't allow you. So Wait, you I have schedule for a cesarean. I have some clarifying questions, real quick. Mm-hmm. At what point in your pregnancy, do, and maybe you're about to get there. At what point in your pregnancy do you start thinking, "Fuck this, I'm gonna stay home." I thought of the entire pregnancy. Actually, it was. <laughs> it was never. I never intended to give birth in the hospital. I just knew I was going to have my care there because the whole time I was. Um, so the crazy thing about Carlisle, Harrisburg area, it's very slow. Um, it's not progressive. Um, it's a very small, they say it's a city, but it's a very small town. Um, and the surrounding area, they, there is an Amish community. There is um, the Mennonite community. So, you know, all these children are born at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could not get in contact with anyone, any midwife, any doulas servicing this area at all. So my entire pregnancy, my partner and I were calling, researching, like, I can't even, I can't tell you how much research I did trying to find someone to help me do this at home. And by 
like every night I would just meditate, you know, I'm having my children at home, I'm having them at home, I'm having them at home, I'm having like every night that was like part of my meditation is to have them at home. That was always included with the meditation. Hmm. I was like, I don't really care what happens, they're going to be born at home. Like that was just, that was going to happen whether regardless or not. Um, so one day I'm on Facebook <laughs> talking to one of my friends and she's like, I know someone. <laughs> I'm like, what? And this was, this was like, I'm like 30 weeks in. So like they're talking about cutting me open. So I'm just right. like, wow, are it's you serious? Real. Like, yeah. it's real. Like, so she, I, I immediately like, I'm going to talk to her right now. I'm going to send her a message. So I send her a message. Um, she gets some confidence like within maybe a day or so. Um, we have a meeting at my house. I have my partner on, um, but what is it? Speaker, because he's in Philly. We're all talking. Um, and everything just sounded really good. I was mm-hmm. like, I found this person. The universe is listening. Like, this is going to happen. We're going to have the deepest at home. And so when you say you found someone, can you explain her role really quick? So she is a birthing attendant. Um, mm-hmm. So she's very hands-off. She was just there for extra support. Um, cause my partner, he wanted to just be at home by ourselves hmm. and I would, I would be totally okay with that. We were having one baby, but I'm like, hmm. wait a minute, no, we're having two babies. So I just want to make sure that we have, you know, all the support that we have that we need. And at least somebody that has some expert advice that has been having, that has been attending births that has, you know, knowledge within, um, you know, free births or whatever. So um, she's to be an- home with us. She sounds like she's an underground midwife, right? Basically, right? Like a traditional right. birth yeah. attendant, not licensed, yeah. but walks with women and has experience. So it, it would be what midwifery was before licensing. Exactly, that's what she. That was her service. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we need more of those. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So you find someone that you click with, and that mm-hmm. was the kind of final confidence boost or whatever to, to make you feel, and it sounds like you were going to do it either way, really. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel you, man. So, okay. So then end of pregnancy, cause I don't even know at what, at what week do you go into spontaneous labor? It was, um, 34 weeks and three days. Wow. Okay. So between 30 and 34 weeks, you're going in They're like C-section, C-section, not going to let you, not going to let you, not going to allow you. Right, right. And all the yeah. while you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I already know what's happening. I already know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then take me into your birth story when you're, when you're ready. So it happened. Um, I had taken off the day before already because my, my legs were really swollen. So I was not, at, I was not at work the day before anyway. Um, and then my daughter and I are in bed. She's still on my bed. We're sleeping and I'm getting contractions, but um, I've been having contractions now for about a month, but they mm-hmm. haven't been regular. So I was not really like, I was like, oh, this is fine. They're like the Braxton Hicks. I'll be cool. I'm going to lay back down, whatever. But they keep going. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is kind of serious. So I do call my birthing attendant. I let her know what's happening. Um, and it's probably like, four in the morning. So I'm still thinking about work. Like, am I still going to go to work? Like, am I going to call off? Um, so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to time these contractions. I'll get out of bed. I'll time them. And if they're not, you know, back to back, I'll go to work. 
if they are back to back, I'll stay home. Um, so I called my partner, let him know what's happening. Um, let him know if he should come or not. So I'm timing the contractions and yeah, I mean, this is, this is real. So I'm like, okay. So I, I call my job to know that I'm not coming in. I call her, let her know that, yeah, I guess we're going to have the babies today. Um, or within the next, whenever they come, they're coming, but whatever. Call my partner back, let him know. So he's getting ready to come. Um, I call my mother so she can go pick up my daughter. She can go to school because it's still a school day. Um, so she comes pick up my daughter and they, they leave. So I'm home alone, um, you know, during this transition within my labor. And, um, night, I mean, I feel fine. I actually go back to sleep. <laughs> nice. So I go, I go back to sleep. Um, and when I wake up, my partner is there. <laughs> so he's in the house. Um, and we're just, you know, we're talking and whatever. And then all of a sudden the contraction just, you know, go into full throttle mode. Um, so I'm in a tub and he's timing the contractions now, like, cause they're really intense. And then, um, so then he calls, um, the attendant again and then she comes over. So I'm in the tub the entire time. They're, they're setting up the pool. Um, my other friends, they're calling me, they want to come. So they're driving from Philly to be with me during my birth. Hmm. Um, so, you know, everybody's just doing all these things. And I'm just like in, in, in constant pain, um, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was cool. My sister who, um, I love my sister. Oh my goodness. She's, 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 she's very amazing. But, uh, I told her that I was going to have a home birth. She didn't believe me. Like she's just, it's just completely the idea of being at home, having a home birth. She's, it's like it goes over her head. So, hmm. so she's just like, yeah, whatever. You going to the hospital, whatever. But, um, going with, within my labor, by the time we get into the pool, they set the pool up. I'm in the water. Um, having my contractions, my sister walks in and I'm looking was at she her invited? Like, she wasn't invited. Oh shit. I didn't expect her to come anyway. So I didn't invite her. Um, but I guess my mother told her that I was in labor. So she wanted to come. Did your mom know you were having a home birth? Yes. I made it very clear. They both, I made it very clear that I was going to have them at home, even though they were against it. They didn't really, you know, they weren't, um, they weren't really on board. It's my decision anyway. Yeah, of course. So whatever, like my mom wanted me to go to the hospital. So did my sister. Um, so when she came into the house, I was very, you know, wide eyed. I was like, what are you doing here? You know, like, it's like, what are you doing here? She was like, I wouldn't miss this for the world. You know, like, I need to be here. Like, make sure you're okay. I was like, okay, whatever. So, like, we're, everyone's looking at her, like, is she going to, like, start some shit? Like, right. Or is she oh going to, like, get in line and, and chill the hell out? So, she got in line. She chilled. Good. Um, she grabbed my hand. She kissed me. She's like, I'm here. Whatever. Aww. So, and that, that was great. Okay. Yeah, that, that was okay. So, it was good. Um, and, you know, like, labor was just, labor was labor. You yeah. know, I was in and out of, I was in and out of contractions. Um, my other friends came. There was, like, a big circle around the pool. Mm-hmm. There was music. There was candles. Um, my partner was burning incense and sage. Um, so it was very, even though that I, I felt like I wasn't in the environment, <laughs> I was... I was just in within myself, you know, trying to channel the, 
the contractions and be within my being, you know, like I could still feel the energy around me. Like my eyes were closed pretty much the entire time. Um, but I could still feel, you know, what was happening around me and I could smell what was happening around me. So I, I just felt very loved and very mm. supported at the, at the time. Um, so during active labor, um, labor didn't stall, but it was taking a very long time. So we were reading about castor oil. Um, I remember reading about castor oil and castor oil does, you know, help, um, move things along within active labor. So my partner is like, go get the castor oil. Like, do you have castor oil? I usually have some, but I didn't have any at that time. So my sister runs out to get the castor oil within, um, uh, she, she gets the wrong castor oil. <laughs> she has to go back out and get it again. So she comes back. I take some castor oil. Um, and then boom, like within maybe like 20 more minutes, like I'm ready to push. So, um, my first baby born, um, is the twins. I have to remember their names and they're identical. <laughs> so, uh, soul was born first. Um, she came out first. She was baby B, my presenting baby. Um, she was born within, you know, 20 minutes after the castor oil. Um, and they say that your second baby was, can be born anything, anytime between 30 and 45 minutes. She was ready within 23 minutes. So um, she was born. Um, I got to hold her for a little bit. Um, but then within the next couple of minutes, and it was very, it felt very, very fast. Like, even though it was 23 minutes, like, they timed it. For me, it seemed like five minutes that I was ready to push again. Wow. Um, so, you know, I'm getting ready to push my other baby out. Um, and all of this labor I'm doing, you know, on my hands and knees in the hospital, you're on your back. Um, and that's not helping you at all. Like the labor came out, the babies came out a lot easier. And I felt, I felt very well, you know, within myself and capable mm-hmm. to do this. So, you know, listening to my body, being present, um, waiting for the contractions in the hospital, they, they yell at you on the contraction, you know, push, push, push. Um, but you're not on a football field. Yeah. Like, you know, like, so I remember like thinking like, so when do I know it's time to push? Um, cause in the hospital, someone is telling you to push. So you, you kind of, so when you're at home, um, and if you had a baby in the hospital, like these questions did arise for me, like, okay, so I was like, so when do I push? (laughs) Um, and my attendant was like, you'll know when, you'll know when it's ready to push. You'll, you'll just feel it. Like this is chill. Yeah. And of course, yeah. It's like if you were to have gotten enemas your whole life or something, (laughs) you know, and then to be like, how will I know when to poop? It's like, you'll just know. (laughs) You'll just know. Right. Your body will just let you know. Your body will let you know. So my body, of course, you know, let me know, you know, when it was time to push, reach contraction, whatever. Um, and just being, being very present within that moment. Um, within each contraction that happened so that I could push my babies out. And within 23 minutes, I was ready to push again. Hmm. Um, and I pushed out Spirit. Spirit is the second baby. She was born in call and, and completely within her sack. Um, and they had to, you know, break her water when she came out. She did come out, um, um, the birth attendant. 
So they just ripped the sack open. My partner helped her as well because he he caught all the babies. Wait, <laughs> I didn't so catch. you were you were in the tub, right? You in were in the, the pool. In the pool. Yeah. And so, what position were you in? Were you like leaning forward? I was. Um, so I was on my hands and knees, but I was not. Uh, let's just say I was facing the pool wall. Because I was actually holding on to one of my friends, um, his torso, when I was pushing. So I didn't get to catch any of my babies. <laughs> my partner caught both of the, both of the twins. Um, so he grabbed them up and pulled them out of the water. Um, and to be honest, I, I, I was just so kind of freaked out of like, even like touching them that I didn't want to touch them anyway. Like, I, just, I don't know what was going on. I was just... I was kind of freaking out at the time. I was like, I don't want to touch them. Like, this, you just, you just get them out the water, please. <laughs> so he just grabbed them out the water, and um, you know, he gave he gave me the babies once they both came out. So um, the second baby comes out in the call, and Papa catches birth yes. attendant, opens it, opens the bag, and then hands the little one to you. Yes. Yes. Yep. Hmm. And that one was breach, right? And she was the breech baby. Yes. So she was the reason why they were going to give me a cesarean. Because the, the plan was that I was going to um, deliver vaginally for my first and have a cesarean for my second. And I'm thinking, like, I have a child at home already. Like, I can't, um, I cannot, I can't do that. Also, that wasn't the reason she was, they were going to give you a cesarean. You know, that's... If if, if both babies right. were head down, they would have found another reason, you know. They would, yeah, they would have found another reason. <laughs> yeah. I, and I truly believe they would have. You know, oh, like they would have. And, to, yeah. and the babies would have had mandatory NICU time. Right. You know, I mean, so much, so, so, so much would have been different. Yeah, obviously. Right, right. So yeah. then, so, so did you get to see them open up the call? I didn't get to see anything, which is kind of like, that's, that's the funny thing about it. Like during that birth, I swear I was not, I was like somewhere else. Right. Like, totally. I Fair was enough. not, I was not there. Um, mm. And then just seeing all the pictures and the video footage afterwards, like it was kind of like, it was really surreal. Like I was there, but I wasn't mm. like, I felt like I was somewhere I was within I was so within my being that I was not present about what was happening around me. Mm. Um, I was so very concentrated on just, you know, pushing these babies out <laughs> yeah. and, and just going through, going through um, each contraction and breathing, working on my breathing work, um, that everything else around me did not matter. <laughs> like, it's just, I was somewhere else. Yeah, the you were in it. Time. Totally. Yeah, I was in it. Um, so I got to see the videos and the pictures um of spirit within her sack um mm. i got to see the video of him pulling you know so out of the waters i was not i was not there and i felt like um like i didn't miss it though like it wasn't like you know like oh i didn't get to see my baby come out the water i didn't get to see this you know like but you know i was i was just so like I have to stay ground. I have to stay focused <laughs> to, and you to are be able it. to work through this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, you, you didn't see it from an outside perspective, which I guess right. you're of later, but you, right. were, right. you were it. You birthed your babies, right? Like right. You were birth. Right. You did it. You were doing it. Um, 
and then that's cool and interesting and probably very weird that you have footage and, and photos from an outside perspective from, since you were from in all it. different angles like. <laughs> <laughs> for better or worse. Right. Everybody had a camera. Like, right. Oh my gosh. Exactly. And so then placentas come out with ease in the tub or, or was there? Oh more to man, that? my placenta was like the worst part of it. Oh it no. Was, what um, happened? Yeah. It did not want to come out. So I mean, everything I read was like, just it just slides out after you're, after you're done giving birth. And it wasn't like that for me. What? So. Where did you read that? That's not, that's not <laughs> I know, right? at all. Yeah. So it took another hour, like uh-huh. another 45 minutes to an hour for to come out. And um, that's normal. I had my babies. I went to a birthing chair to like try to get rid of the placenta, but it didn't want to come out. Then I went to go lay in the bed. And it was like having another baby because you have, you still have these contractions. Um, and at this time I'm like fucking tired. Like I'm so tired. I was just like screaming like this, like someone get this out of me. I, I just want to go to sleep. I was so tired. Um, so just waiting for the time that my body would say, push it out. So then, you know, like I just pushed and then finally just came out and I felt like, <laughs> a free woman because right. it was just it was it felt more painful than delivering my babies to be the, honest like I, the contractions, I don't know the contractions not, for right. the placenta not yeah. the actual emergence of the placenta right because that right. doesn't have bones right but the right right the afterbirth contractions yeah yeah totally oh I bet yeah and there's no like joy like with with the baby no there's no joy with that it was just like, <laughs> like get just out be done yeah, yeah. So okay, they got all their blood because <laughs> the placenta was not, it was very stubborn as hell. So we weren't worried about, you know, you know, delayed cord clamping or whatever. Yeah. So well, I, they, I got, wanted, they got everything. I want to just, just say two things really quickly for everyone listening. Um, very, very common for it to take an hour or even two or even three. Um, and yes, you know, we want to encourage it to come out after 45 minutes or so, but, um, but it's, there's, there's a science, there's, there's a genius to it of why it's taking the time it's taking. So, um, that's totally normal. And then I also just, I, I have to say everyone to each their own, but, but please, please be careful with castor oil. Um, if you're hearing this, if you're hearing this and going, Oh, well, that sounds nice. Um, you know, of course everyone can do their own thing and that's super awesome that that worked for you and that that was the right thing for you. Um, but it is highly toxic and it can, um, it can really ruin a lot of labors. Um, you know, a very common thing is it because it, it, um, is so toxic and then it makes you sick. It gives you diarrhea often Yes, and then it can, um, dehydrate you very quickly. And anyway, so just for anyone hearing this going, well, that sounds like a nice trick in my back pocket. No, it's, and I take castor oil actually, because it's actually, um, even before my pregnancy, it's like a dewormer. So, you know, my family and I were very big on, you know, like cleansing ourselves and stuff like that. So I'm very familiar with castor oil and taking it. Hmm. Um, so I knew taking it though my birth wasn't really going to harm me. So like just having the information and knowing that, yeah. um, taking it during birth would be okay. Just because I've already, I've already taken it within some doses without, without, mm. um, before my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yes, do your research before you <laughs> take any castor oil. <laughs> it's like, great that it worked for you. Uh, so so then so then here you are having just 
freaking epically birthed your twins against all medical advice, you know, having said no thanks to what they had to offer and then having um, healthy, normal, wonderful babies Mm -hmm. and birthing your own placenta an hour after and how then just to wrap up, like how how does that feel for the next, you know, following days and, and how has nursing been with twins if you are or not are not doing it yeah um, I'm nursing it's are. been it's definitely been um up and down <laughs> um because i I'm, I'm in my hometown my partner is in philadelphia i only see him on the weekend so i'm at home alone with myself a lot Whoa. um right now i am in philadelphia with him because <laughs> i just got tired of it because I'm, I'm on maternity leave anyway Mm. So I was like, I might just come and stay with you until, you know, we make a move to be together or whatever, looking at houses, whatever we mm-hmm. do in the future. But um, it's definitely been, you know, a lot of cries, a lot of tears, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of in the showering, sobbing, <laughs> a lot of sore nipples and mm. um, just trying different uh, techniques, what works. Um, a lot of reading um, on breastfeeding and uh, tandem nursing and nursing twins. A lot of, I, I read a lot about breast milk. Um, it's insane how much I've been reading about breast milk. Um, and just uh, reaching out to other parents who have twins is, has been very helpful for me. Um, you know, what do they do? How do they do it? Everybody say it gets easier every day and I get it, but it's still hard. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I totally understand like, oh, it, it gets easier. It gets easier. I'm just like, well, it's not easy right now. It's hard and I'm tired. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I am breastfeeding. Sometimes um, I nurse them individually, but most of the time, just because it takes so long, I would prefer to nurse them together mm-hmm. and the nursing. Um, so that has been... What I've been focusing on right now is just trying to tandem nurse, get them wow. to tandem nurse at the same time. I am now six weeks. Okay. So it's still yeah. super fresh. It's still super fresh. Yeah. I'm still How does... super tired. My body is still okay. looking like murder, you know, well, like. <laughs> how does it feel? Um, I mean, I feel good. I feel like because. I worked out so much within my early, um, before pregnancy, you know, like I've always, I, my body was able to adapt very quickly. Um, and I go to the chiropractor regularly. They, you know, bend me all up out of, you know, so I do feel my body does feel very, very good. I'm just tired all the time. Yeah. They don't, they don't sleep at all. And they are very, very, I, we call them the triple twins right now. Um, just because one wants to be up and one wants to be down. They, yeah, it's just, they never well, and, have the same time. And you're mostly alone. I'm mostly alone. That's yes. really, really it's hard. really hard. So I've been figuring out like little tricks. Um, the one thing I do now when, I, when I'm tandy nursing is to have a bottle next to me just in case um, they get very, they, it's like it's like a snap, like within day and night, they turn into like really fussy babies. So my problem is right now is just like getting my pillow together, getting, you know, like the extra blankets to, to couple them on my breasts, um, mm. being relaxed when I'm breastfeeding them. Like mm. I know the cues when they're hungry. It's just getting set up totally. really quickly. 
with no and help that, with no help and that can that can be very very hard you know like oh, just man. setting up very very quickly before they start you know going berserk mm-hmm. um so now I have like a little bottle with me to just calm them down for a little bit and then I latch them and that's been working on that's been working very well for using my um my body pillow if I'm tired of nursing because they want to eat like your boobs are not your boobs anymore. Like, they don't belong to you. Um, I like to put them in my body pillow that I used to use when I was pregnant. And I put them in the two little loops and I just feed them at the same time with a bottle. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm just figuring out, like, little, yeah. I call them twin hacks. Um, totally. <laughs> figuring things out that I can do just to make myself, you know, less stressed. Yeah. Like, yeah, get, get rest. And lately, I just, I was just talking, I had a problem with, um, with night feeding cause I am alone. Um, I was pumping a lot at night, like just pumping and giving them bottles. Cause I felt like I would get more sleep that way. Um, if I could, I could pump while I feed them. That's what I was doing. I was pumping cause I was timing when they wake up like every two and a half hours, pretty much sometimes three, but very rare. Um, <laughs> so I would wake up maybe like 15 minutes before they would wake up put my bra on, I would pump, I would wake them up, feed them, put them back to sleep, go to the kitchen, prepare a new bottle. And that was, but I would be up maybe like 45 minutes later, even though they were still, even they were sleeping. Right. So that was a big problem. And I just reached out to someone about that. And they were like, why don't you just breastfeed them at night? And I'm like, "Uh, I had thought about that. Yes. (laughs) Um, Didn't cross, didn't like, didn't cross my mind. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's just so, that's just like so hard for me right now to breastfeed them at night because it's just me. Like a bottle is kind of easier at the moment, Mm. but, um, I, I've been, been doing that right now. I've been breastfeeding them at night. Um, it's been okay. It's been, they fall asleep on the breast, I guess. I was, I just wanted to, they were eating enough. So I just wanted to give them the bottle. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been fine though. They've been. Wow. Making wet diapers and pooping. So yeah. they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. They're fine. Wow. So, this yeah, is like it's a lot. It's a lot. Women are not supposed to be mothering alone. Right. You're you not, know, it's that's biologically so you're not you're not equipped to mother alone. So you have to have a village. And and it was, you know, like my friends have been coming over, um bringing food make sure I get a nap. I remember like I didn't shower for like a couple of days. <laughs> My friend yeah. came and was like, you stink in the shower. Yeah. You know, so, you know, like it's just been, your life is different. It's definitely different. And even having my, my eight-year-old, she helps, but she can only do so much. Right. You know, She's like she, she brings me bottles and she'll bring me diapers and wipes and she wants to learn how to, change diapers and feed the babies you know like so she's been very helpful but you know like she's not she's still still got a lot of work to do so totally um wow it it has it has been it has been a very it has been trying it has been very challenging um and difficult but it does i i do i will say it does get easier um oh yeah i am figuring things out yeah and before you know it they're going to be walking around and eating food and walking around and tearing my house up yes. yeah and tearing so your house there'll up be there'll be a, a new thing set I have to of challenges <laughs> yeah 
Wow. Well, you're making it work. And, and like you said earlier in the, in the conversation, thank God you're not also healing from a cesarean. Yeah. Like, thank God I was, I would totally, I don't know how I would do that. Like it was just, that was the whole thing. Like, how am I going to heal my body cesarean have twins and Mm. still have to feed my other child? Like, I don't know how I was going to do that. Wow. That would be, felt like that felt very impossible for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. no. <laughs> wow. What an amazing story. And just what, a, what an incredible and strong and intuitive woman you are. You really gave, you really gave these babies a, such a sacred, reverent, powerful start. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. They, they definitely do. And I'll be showing them all the pictures when they get older. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.